Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, friends, to this week's episode of Redefining Reality. I am Brian Hardy of brianhardy.ca, wellness coach, holistic nutritionist, and all-around lover of life. And I'm very excited to be bringing this week's guest to y'all. And this week's guest is none other than the fantastic Dr. Ricky Brar a.k.a. Ricky, of the Living Proof Institute. And now Ricky is a chiropractor. He's a functional medicine practitioner. He is an avid consumer of podcasts and books and studies and quite the self-experimenting biohacker as we get into in this episode. Some of the main things we talk about in this episode are autoimmunity, how it works, where our triggers might come from, and things we can do to help prevent that from from taking over. We talk about epigenetics, how what we believe in our environment can either express or not health or disease, and how it really becomes a matter of the mind. Right, Everything starts and ends in the mind. And if you want to live different, you want to feel different, you want to you want to transcend some challenges, then you got to think different. You have to believe. You got to change your beliefs, and you got to recreate a new picture on what it means for you to be healthy and well. We talk about some of his mentors, digital mentors that he had through school and finding podcasting as well as a bunch of really good books and just useful sort of uh, thoughts and ideas. We also talk about his recent gallbladder and liver flush, which is pretty intense. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end there. There's a lot of good stuff here. Ricky is a true wealth of information, and it was a pleasure to have him. And you can find Ricky on Instagram and Facebook. His Instagram handle is Dr. Ricky Brar, and his Facebook is just his name, Ricky Brar, as well as through the Living Proof Institute. That's where he's at, that's where he works through, and that is where you can find him. So all that stuff will be linked up in the show notes. Head on over to brianhardy.ca slash ricky for those notes. That's where everything's going to be. In addition to that, if you enjoy this podcast, please share, like, rate, review, subscribe in iTunes. All of those things help us to get ourselves up the charts, increase the reach, increase the downloads, and ultimately increase the impact that we're able to have. Thanks for tuning in. Much love and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Peace. 
Ooh, and last but not least, I almost forgot, the listeners of this podcast can now get access to a free trial and a free audiobook from the folks at Audible. I'm super excited to be able to offer this to you guys. Audible has been a fantastic service in my life because, I don't know about you, but I often find it hard to sit down and make time to consistently read. Um, But I love to listen, and whether I'm driving or cooking or shopping or working out, I can always get my audiobooks that way. And I can always get new information, new education into my experience by using audiobooks. So to get your free trial go to www.audibletrial.com slash Brian Hardy. That's audibletrial.com slash Brian Hardy. And if you need a recommendation for what book to check out, I've got two. The first one is Power vs. Force by Dr. David R. Hawkins. Amazing, mind-blowing book. And the second, which is really practical and really going to help you make change if you do the exercises, is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That one has been a game changer. And every day for the last almost two weeks, I've been waking up and using that meditation. And boy, is it powerful. So check them out. I'm going to put this link in the show notes as well with all the other links. And yeah, let me know if you enjoy it. I joined Audible probably a couple years back on a similar offer, and I have loved it ever since. And so check it out, audibletrial.com slash Brian Hardy, that's B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-R-D-Y, and get your learn on. Okay, now to the episode. So today I have the pleasure of hanging out and chatting with my friend Dr. Ricky Brar of the Living Proof Institute. And Ricky is a doctor of chiropractic and a functional medicine practitioner and just an awesome, awesome individual who knows a lot, who has uh, you know, been through a lot with his own health journey, continues to experiment, continues to pull back the layers and, and dig deeper. And so we're going to dive into all sorts of stuff, I'm sure, over the next hour or so. But uh, thanks for coming out, man. Or thanks for allowing me to come here. No, thank you for having me. Like, I'm so excited to be here today. And I love the work you've been doing. I've listened to every podcast so far. So keep up the good work. Thanks, man. It means a lot. It means a lot. And I mean, when you have great guests, I feel like it takes care of itself for the most part. Um, and I just love doing it. Right? Because people aren't talking about certain things that we really need to put our attention onto. Um, and we were talking just before this about, you know, the, the amount of people that you see that come into, um, into the clinic and, and wanted to get better and they're not doing the basics. Right. So I wonder before we get to that though, I want to hear your story. I want to get, you know, how it is that you came to be doing the work you're doing now, what brought you here? Were you always on this sort of path? Were you always into medicine? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, it's an absolutely crazy story. Like, if you just told me five years ago that I'd be practicing functional medicine and seeing patients on that level, I would have laughed at you. I would be like, that's an absolute impossibility. I was really into sports growing up. I wanted to be something in sports. I didn't know exactly. I know as most of us don't in high school, but we have to make our decision as to what path to follow. For me, it was always something physical, like something in sports science, 
chiropractic, physical therapy. So that was where I kind of directed all of my energy and I ended up settling on chiropractic school. So I went to chiropractic school, never regretted it one bit, absolutely loved it, loved what I was learning. But when I came out of chiropractic school and even a few years before that, my health was never so good. So that was what led me to functional medicine ultimately. So going back to even, I would start off at end of middle school, start of high school, certain warning signs started coming up. So first off, I was never making good energy. And back then, like energy is relative. You almost joke about it with your friends if you're sleeping in on a weekend or something like that. But now that I really think about it, that sleeping in was not normal. I used to sleep in until 2 p.m. if nobody woke me up. And then even through undergrad, even high school, I used to be miserable when I woke up in the morning. I used to set two alarm clocks just to wake up at noon sometimes. And <laughs> even through undergrad, all my classes, if I could do it, I scheduled them from noon to 10 p.m. I'd rather do that than wake up in the morning. I still remember I had a calculus class at 8 a.m. And that was my worst class ever just because of the time. Uh, and it just kind of went on from there. I developed digestive issues and those were new to me. I had never really experienced digestive issues growing up, but I started having kind of alternating bowel movements, couldn't go for a couple days or then I would go too much, um, bloating, gas, things that a teenager shouldn't really experience or have any idea of. And at the time my diet was absolutely terrible too. So I ate a standard student diet, uh, eating out pretty much every meal, um, didn't eat at home much. And then even growing up, I took a lot of antibiotics. I always had sore throats, things like that. And they really upset my microbiome. So kind of to fast track it, I ended up with all of these issues. And through chiropractic school, I would really try to self-diagnose. Actually, this world of podcasting is amazing because you pick up so many clinical pearls and tidbits from some of the world's best. And you don't have to sit down and commit time to reading a book. They give you a lot of their information just from a short hour-long podcast. So got really into podcasting. That's what actually got me into functional medicine, but I didn't really know it was functional medicine at the time. And I was self-diagnosing with supplements, my first experience with probiotics. I started looking for help as well. So I, in my, I'd say 10 years of poor health, uh, even more than that, I've dealt with five naturopaths. I went to two nutritionists who have best-selling books right now. I've tried homeopathy, iridology. Uh, I went to parts of the US to find out what was going on with me and nobody really had a true answer. I would get marginal results, but nothing concrete. And it wasn't until I discovered a functional medicine practitioner, Dr. Sachin Patel, uh, locally here in Mississauga, that I went in and I discovered what functional medicine was. And he was the first gentleman at the Living Proof Institute to actually test me. And by testing, I mean some deep root cause testing. Um, in the past, I'd had food sensitivity panels, things like that, but nothing really discovered anything groundbreaking. And through these tests, I discovered that I had multiple gut infections. My adrenal rhythm was completely off. It was completely bottomed out. My cells were not functioning properly. Found out information on my genetics, um, that I have certain mutations, that I don't do well in stressful environments. And from there, my results came very rapidly. I made more progress in my first month using functional medicine that I did in the past 10 years trying to self-diagnose. And that's because we had a concrete action plan. And from there, my heart was no longer in the sports sciences or anything like that. I went to Sachin a few weeks later and I really asked him, I'm like, hey, my heart is pretty much in line with what you're doing. And 
let me know how I can get involved with functional medicine. I didn't even know that a chiropractor can practice this way. And from there, he hired me. I never looked back, started training in functional medicine. It's been an absolutely amazing journey. I wouldn't change it for the world. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's so important, I find, and just so powerful to have some objective clinical measures that are actually, you know, um, worthwhile, I would say. Because a lot of the testing that like OHIP will do is garbage, right? And it's, it'll tell you that you're not dead, essentially, or that Absolutely. you're within a certain range. <laughs> yeah. um, but for getting to the nitty gritty, it's pretty much useless, right? Exactly. The analogy we use is the OHIP testing still comes in very valuable, uh, especially in certain cases, but it's kind of like looking at you from 30,000 feet up. You're in an airplane, you're looking down, and you could be like, hey, forest fire over there, or natural disaster over there, but you don't necessarily know what caused it. You don't know what started that forest fire. And mm. that's where I see the test go hand in hand. The organic acid test, which is a test we commonly use, it zooms in on your cellular biology and physiology and it lets us know kind of what started that fire and it could be many things and that's the other big thing it's not always one thing that leads to all your symptoms it could be a cumulative effect it could be many different things coming together creating almost the perfect storm to make you not feel so good and the blood work is, is just part of it but that blood work if you really think about it hasn't changed in a century it maybe we've gotten a few markers but for the most part we're still looking at markers that aren't the most sensitive markers available. There's many markers that tell us a lot about a person that are never being tested, especially at your annual physical. Mm -hmm. Well, and I imagine that not only is that sort of testing going to help uh, uncover the root cause, but it's also going to help um, you put together the protocol of, a, of fixing, right? Because not every problem, even if it presents the same way, is going to be dealt with the same way, right? Because you have the individual and their, potentially their genetic makeup that's going to influence things. Exactly. So take 10, 10 individuals with type 2 diabetes. They could have developed that type 2 diabetes for 10 different reasons. And even though there's some core things that they're probably all doing that they shouldn't be doing, there's often different triggers, there's different events that start that cascade and end up giving you chronic illness and chronic disease. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, speaking of chronic disease and chronic illness, which is really rampant, right? It's, it's crazy when you think about, when I think about the, just the sheer numbers of people that are suffering and that are, you know, kind of in the dark about the whole, you know, reason why they're suffering and like don't even have the hope or the vision to see that there's a way out. Um, and one of the biggest things that I'm seeing and just is more top of mind recently is autoimmunity um, and just how crazy it is that our bodies are literally attacking themselves. It's like clearly we're doing a lot of things wrong if this is becoming as common as it is. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe some of your clinical experience with autoimmunity or like hidden triggers to that um, and then we're going to tie that into sort of thyroid health because it's another thing that I see just all over the place. Yeah, I'm very passionate about autoimmunity because it's affected my family as well. So my own mother, she has Hashimoto's thyroiditis and that's been a long-standing issue. She had it for several years. She had multiple nodules in her thyroid, uh, extremely poor energy issues, sluggish metabolism and to date, actually, currently, she doesn't really have any of those issues. She 
has really done some hard work. Uh, she actually has no nodules at the moment too, so that was a surprising result on her last ultrasound for both us and her family doctor. Nice. Um, so that was a, a big win. But yes, autoimmune disease, it's rising. It's pretty much the disease of the 21st century or the umbrella term for all the diseases of the 21st century. And like you said, it's almost crazy to think that the immune system is attacking itself. But even if we start peeling back those layers of that onion, you come back to even the top layer, and if you think about on the very lowest level, when we eat food, one of the most common things we hear about today is food sensitivities. And people develop these, so they'll be like, hey, I could have eaten bread a month ago, but now I eat bread and I just don't feel good, or I drink milk and I think I'm lactose intolerant. But if you think about all these things that are in our diet, wheat has been in our diet for thousands of years, so has dairy. How could your body possibly become sensitive to something that keeps you alive? And it comes down to that foundational level of the immune system. Uh, autoimmunity, the reason it's on the rise is a lot of our lifestyle choices, a lot of our dietary choices, the stress levels we put ourselves in. So it's one of these things that there's no magic bullet formula for it. There's no one single thing that causes autoimmunity in 100 people. Every single one of them could have different triggers. They could have different things that caused it, but foundationally do the basics. So that's a discussion we were having earlier today. And most individuals are not doing the basics and it really adds to them. It adds to the load on their body. And when that load is exceeded, that's when the immune system may mistakenly start attacking healthy tissue and label it as foreign tissue. So it could pretty much attack anything in your body. For the joints, it could become RA. For the hands, it could become psoriatic arthritis, skin, psoriasis, gut, Crohn's, colitis, thyroid, Hashimoto's, you name it. That You could put any name on it, but at the foundation, we have an immune attack and it's just confused almost. And I've heard many theories. One of the leading theories right now on the development of autoimmunity is by Dr. Alessio Fasano. And he has been studying something that is getting more and more uh, almost recognition in the media, leaky gut. That's the buzzword we've heard a lot of. Uh, scientific word is intestinal hyperpermeability. But Dr. Fasano has found that currently there seems to be three things that come together for a lot of individuals at the perfect time to create this perfect storm. Number one is this leaky gut. Now, a leaky gut, you could develop it for many reasons. You could have pathogens in your gut. You could pick up stuff from elsewhere. You could be eating foods that are inflammatory for you for a long, long period of time. Mm -hmm. You could be in an extremely stressful environment, and that causes a leaky gut by constantly thinning out the gut lining. It's a very thin lining, so many things, antibiotic use. Think of a night of binge drinking. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. So they even found that uh, individuals that don't really have any known symptom to gluten actually can have a transient period of leaky gut following gluten exposure. So mm -hmm. it's actually mind-blowing, but again, if they have no other trigger, your body wants to heal itself, so it just closes that leaky gut back up. And when we say the word leaky gut, your gut is not literally leaking, it's microscopic, so it becomes hyperpermeable to proteins and, and things that should stay in your gut but seep out into the blood. Now that's kind of player one, and this theory is called the triad theory, so there's three main mechanisms. Uh, number two is some sort of trigger, and this is absolutely massive as well because most triggers that we look for in modern medicine are usually physical in nature. So did you have a viral infection? Did you have a broken bone? Did you pick up food poisoning or have gastritis or something like that? 
we don't really think about the other side of triggers and that's the mental, emotional. Uh, I've seen patients, I know it's a multifaceted phenomenon, but it seems to be tied in very closely, uh, develop or initiate their autoimmune process after the death of a loved one, after losing two pets in one month, uh, mental, emotional issues. So living in a traumatic environment and these triggers, it could literally be anything. It could be physical, it could be chemical exposure, it could be environmental, it could be, again, mental, emotional, but there are so many different ones and it's hard to even think back for some individuals as to what led them down that pathway. But a trigger seems to be that second thing that's commonly involved in most autoimmune processes. And then the third thing is a genetic predisposition. So this is a tricky one because sometimes when you question a patient with a newly developed autoimmunity in terms of their family history, they'll be like, no, my mom never had this. My grandparents never had this. But at the same time, genes don't doom you. So you could have genes that have been passed down through generations, but that doesn't mean anybody had to actually develop that, that disease or the associated condition uh, with that gene. So genes express themselves and not all of them express themselves. It depends what you do with your environment. So it's the field of epigenetics, how mm. your environment turns on and off genes. And it's almost like light switches. That's what I like to compare it to. So your genes essentially are like a wall full of light switches and the decisions you make on a daily basis turn them on and off. And more so on, it's from what I've read about genetics, it's pretty hard to turn a gene back off. Mm. And But we have control. I've heard Dr. Bruce Lipton talk about this. Uh, we've had, we have active control in up to 70% of our own genetic expression. So the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis will heavily influence what genes express themselves. And then the intermingling of those genes ultimately may be what leads to an autoimmunity. And if you kind of backtrack it, the reason that your grandparents may ne never have suffered from Hashimoto's, even though it runs in your family, is they didn't really live in the environment we live in today. So everybody is overworked today. Our food is as bad as it's ever been. Um, and even if you're eating healthy, it's not the same food that was available 100 years ago. Our meat's still going to be inflammatory. Our vegetables are not as nutrient-rich as they used to be. Our soil is depleted. So there's all of these factors that lead to autoimmunity, but... Tracing it back is a little bit difficult, but it's rampant because of all these things in an environment. That's the reason it's on the rise. And we keep trying to suppress autoimmunity by using immunosuppressants, corticosteroids. So the conventional approach actually fails on that end because that's never the answers. I like to compare the corticosteroids, prednisone, something like that to a fire blanket. So if somebody's on fire, throw that fire blanket around them. But if there's a flame under their legs, they're going to catch the second that fire blanket goes off. Mm. So it's a good short-term measure. I'm not anti-medication. There's a time and place for those things. But there's no exploration of the deeper root causes. And just a couple of weeks ago, I read a paper that uh, there was 12 individuals who went through just a dietary change, 12 individuals with irritable bowel disease, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. And eight of them had a remission just from doing a specific diet protocol. Mm. So... One of the big things we hear a lot in clinic is, hey, my doctor said nutrition has nothing to do with this. And it's one of those things that's absolutely false. And that's the big thing. If you think about it, physicians, whether you're a chiropractor, a medical doctor, a naturopath, we're sort of the gatekeepers to all this information. But if we don't have this information, if you don't take time to study this information, your patient never learns this information. So one of the things you brought up earlier is, a lot of patients will come in and be like, hey, I didn't know there's anything I could do about this. And it's our job 
to educate them. So I'm at the Living Proof Institute. The reason we're passionate and we call ourselves an institute is emphasis on education. And Tony Robbins says that knowledge without action is poverty. So a lot of people don't even have the knowledge, first of all. Mm. And then those with the knowledge don't necessarily act on it. So autoimmunity is, it's an umbrella term and there's so many things that trigger it. So it's never a one size fits all approach. Yeah. And the way I've been thinking about it, um, which is kind of informed by Daniel Vitalis, is that, you know, nature is always going to continue to do its thing, right? And the laws of nature won't be, you know, ignored or transcended, um, at least at this point. And he likens it sort of this degeneration, right, of, of health um, and something like autoimmunity is sort of nature's way to try and recycle organic material so that something actually healthy can be produced. Um, so it's like our own bodies are breaking themselves down so we can use our material to have something thrive, right? Because nature wants thriving, healthy, diverse environments, um, which is not, you know, the average home or city or urban setting. Um, so it's just wild to think about. It's just wild to think about. And it's like, if we ever needed, you know, a slap in the face to be like, <laughs> okay, guys, you're off, you're on the wrong track. Um, I feel like this is it. And I also wanted to say congratulations to your mom. And also to say that my mom just, her last test, she has no more antibodies. Oh, she wow. had Hashimoto's for like 20-something years. Amazing. She was taking Synthroid, and then she got off Synthroid onto um, like... Um, desiccated thyroid. Desiccated, yeah, exactly. The glandulars, and then was working with a, I don't know, a functional MD nutrition person from the States, and no more antibodies. Amazing. So yeah, that's, that's a common story we hear, yeah, for sure. And we're told that there's not much you can do about those antibodies, right? And actually a lot of our patients get a lot of slack they, they have to jump through some hoops to even get their antibodies tested in the first place and one of the big reasons for that is there's really no single medication you could take that'll bring those antibodies down immediately so there's mm. no medical therapy or treatment that'll bring antibodies down maybe you remove the thyroid and then maybe but even that's just because there's nothing there to attack and yeah. even then the antibodies may still be there but there's no medical intervention, but if you break it down, and I love what you put, I love Daniel Vitalis's work as well, mm -hmm. uh, but it's absolutely right. One of the common patterns I've seen in a lot of autoimmune patients, my mother included, um, pretty much all across the spectrum, and if I really think about it, every single one of my autoimmune patients may have had this sort of core foundational trigger replaying itself all day, and that's autoimmune thinking. So many individuals that have their body attacking themselves, they're also extremely hard on themselves. They attack themselves. There's very uh, a lot of self-guilt, self-blame. Uh, it's an interesting pattern. It's almost scary how many times it holds true. And you have to fix somebody's mind before they fix anything else. And more accurately, you have to help them fix their own mind before they fix anything else. So once you get the mind right, the body will follow. But for the most part, uh, we underemphasize the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have learned firsthand. I had extremely negative thought patterns when I had poor energy and it's a constant work in progress. So even daily, I'm monitoring my thoughts today. I meditate, I visualize, I, I make sure to put myself in that state of mind that allows me to f perform my best. But again, there's 
30 plus years of programming within me that I have to undo and sometimes that software just sits idle until you click it and then it plays and then you're like oh wow I, I think like that that was such a poor reaction in that situation so fixing someone's mindset is absolutely necessary um, and then even from a mindset perspective many individuals they spend a lot of time and resources looking for the magic bullet they really spend a lot of time looking for that one thing that's going to put everything into remission and turn off all their bad genes and make them feel like a million bucks. So that's another pattern I see in a lot of autoimmune patients is they have spent so much time feeling ill that it may be desperation that takes them there. It may be what they're told or what might be portrayed by some schools of alternative medicine, but over relying on a single modality to really get to the bottom of their symptoms and with me, I've learned firsthand that's not what functional medicine is. Functional medicine is pretty much turning over all the stones. So making sure no stone is left unturned. And some of those stones could be out of your scope. They could be out of your hands. Referring someone for mental psychological help. Uh, working with a healer of some sort. Uh, East meets West. So we don't always want to be stuck in Western traditional medicine. Uh, kind of that mindset. But... A lot of individuals, they'll get their test results back, and I see this almost on a weekly basis. They might have a parasite. They might have H. pylori. They might have metal toxicity, something like that, but they put all their eggs in that basket. They're like, yes, we get rid of that, and we're going to feel like a million bucks, but the way I think of the body, the body wants to heal itself. You cut your skin. You cut your hand. As long as you don't throw dirt in there every day, as long as you don't rub it every day, it's going to heal itself. But we have all this dirt we keep constantly throwing on our body. So we have our diet. We have high-stress jobs that we hate. So job satisfaction alone, not living a, pur a purposeful life, is a, is a big, big uh, stressor for many. Um, and it's just our environmental choices. Uh, a lot of us commute. We're stuck in traffic. We're inhaling toxic fumes. You have to work on the basics and one thing that I've made the mistake of in the past is uh, I had a parasite infection and I, I, when I found it, I was like, this is it. This is the answer I've been looking for. But I cleared the parasite infection and I felt better, but I'm like, that's it. Kind of you reach that level and you're like, that's all I'm getting from clearing that guy. And it's because I wasn't working on everything else. My sleep habits weren't great. My snacking habits weren't great. I wasn't moving my body as nature intended. I wasn't doing the basics and that is absolutely massive and then even on the other side i'm a constant work in progress in terms of mindset i know your podcast is big on mindset as well and, and bringing in individuals that will help facilitate that so from a mental side of things emotional side of things i had to constantly keep working um, currently i went through a very long dental saga so poor dental health can contribute to systemic inflammation in the body and it's absolutely big. Weston A. Price, he found this in cultures uh, that limited their grains. Their teeth are much better. <laughs> mm -hmm. And dental health can lead to high CRP levels or poor uh, dental health can lead to high CRP levels, which is an inflammatory marker. Uh, and with me, I had a lot of dental issues. I had metal in my mouth. Uh, my teeth were so crowded. So I had all the metal removed within the last year. I currently wearing Invisalign braces. Uh, it's one of those things that we're constant works in progress. So if you're diagnosed with something, don't look for the magic bullet. Look for all the things you could do to make yourself, let's say, a percent healthier. So with me, it was clearing dental infections, getting rid of amalgams, getting my teeth in line. So that way, the gateway of the entire gut stays healthy. Uh, working on my mental emotional health, making sure that I surround myself with positive individuals that surround me daily. So a lot of my relationships change. I don't hang around with the same friends I used to. 
And you have to work on all of these areas of your life to achieve the end result. And that's the big thing that's missed. And that's why I love functional medicine. So when you practice true functional medicine, or at least my definition of functional medicine, it's finding out all of those things that contribute to disease. It's not just taking supplements. It's not just changing your diet. It's not just getting expensive lab testing run. It's all of those things. So technically mm. speaking, you could start practicing functional medicine without even seeing a functional medicine practitioner. Mm-hmm. But you may need that assistance to pretty much laser focus your approach and find out the blind spots. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's definitely the approach that I seek to take, you know, minus the testing in many ways, um, is, okay, how do I understand this person as an entire being, right? A unique human being who's got all these different factors um, and then take slow, actionable steps to bring them, you know, along the way. Um, and I just want to reinforce the mental, emotional piece, right? Because in our culture, especially, you know, our generation and the generations below us, um, everything is so instant, right? Instant gratification. I want it now. I want it yesterday, actually. Um, and there's this lack of patience and lack of respect for sort of the, the seasonality of life, as it were, um, and just the progression that things take. And I mean, without going too far into the woo-woo, I do feel like time is speeding up in some way, and whether that's like astrological cycles of some <laughs> sort or whatever's going on, things are evolving very quickly. Um, but to have the patience, right, with yourself, because for me, I very much fall into that category of got to do more, got to be more, got to accomplish more, like, you know, all those things. And it's been very, very hard and having these crazy high standards that are oftentimes, I think, more damaging than, than not. Um, and so really recognizing that, you know, the journey is the whole thing, essentially. You're the always the way. Yeah, you're always on the journey. And so even if you're suffering, even if you're in some pain, you're still here, right? You're still experiencing a life and to just anchor yourself in that, right? And so that's where things like prayer, meditation, like all these, you know, rituals, religion, whatever it is, to find something, right? To find something. Because so many people are just skeptical and like atheistic and like this, there's no hope in that paradigm that I can see. Um, So such important stuff. Yeah, there's no supplement for a closed mind, right? No, no. And you have to fall in love with the process. I absolutely agree with that. So it's um, one of my favorite actually YouTubers is Elliot Hulse. And he's somebody I found when I was an undergrad. And to be honest, he he was a a digital mentor to me and I've never really met him. He was Mm. a huge mentor to me. And one of the things he says is you have to fall in love with the process. So if you're looking to, let's say, turn into a bodybuilder, for example, it's not the end result that you're looking for. It's not, hey, I'm going to go from 150 pounds to 225 of all muscle. It's a process. It's what you become in getting there that's the most important part about life. Mm. So many individuals, they don't assign meaning to their suffering and it causes them more suffering so that why me why me questioning all the time you you were dealt a set of cards you have to learn how to play them and in all honesty life isn't fair there's not equality out there they're just that's just not how things work and like you said not to get too woo out there but we could believe it's from a karmic perspective you may have something going on that you're 
paying for in this life or depending on your religious beliefs and it's one of those situations that you really want to make sure you don't let it get you down you, you want to make sure that you assign meaning to your suffering and that I picked up from Viktor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning is he survived the Holocaust and he was talking about his companions that also survived the Holocaust and he was like it wasn't the guy with the biggest muscles that survived the Holocaust or the guy with the strongest willpower or anything like that it was the individual that assigned meaning to their suffering that got through it and many individuals with an autoimmune disease they they literally have to go down to that level to find the help they need and even with me even though at least knowingly I was never diagnosed with an autoimmunity I've dealt with hundreds of patients with autoimmunity and you, you learn some things they have these certain thought patterns and in order for them to find the help they need they had to see a lot of people they had to jump through a lot of obstacles and it wasn't until they started looking at that lowest level that they could possibly get to that all the right people in their life appeared so even with me i worked with how many practitioners like i've lost count and it wasn't until i really started working on my mindset piece seeing the reasoning behind why i'm suffering the way i was and at that moment, like when I really realized that, hey, maybe you're going through this to learn how to go through it so you could teach other people how to get better, that I had a functional medicine practitioner that changed my life walk into my life. And it was one of those situations that when the student is ready, the master appears, right? Mm -hmm. So again, not to get too woo, but this is how I found life works. This is the amazing part about life is you start with your mindset and everything else follows. Yeah. And really, the way I see it, it's like, you know, magic is real. Like the force, <laughs> if you watch Star Wars, like the force is real. The force is real. All this <laughs> stuff is real. You know, they might call it chi or prana or life force or whatever. But it's real. And we can interact with it and develop our capacity to understand it and work with it. And it's really exciting, right? Because I see where a lot of this is going, like this lifestyle-based medicine, right? Where we can integrate more of this, right? I like to... I, I try and stay away from the whole healing and like heal, like need to be healed and that whole concept. And I really see it as integration and harmonization, right? So how can we become more integrated as humans and, and create our environments to be the same, which then will create harmony, which is sort of the root of, you know, flow and health and thriving. So I'm excited to see where this stuff goes, right? And it's like, is, is the Living Proof Institute in 10 years going to have you know, like energy healing masters on staff. Like I, I would see it. I could, see, I could definitely see that. It's part of the vision for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a big thing. Like we talked about that many individuals, they first have to open their mind to be almost explore these avenues of healing. And again, like you said, healing might be the wrong word. It might be a very poor word actually, because to be healed means that there's no room left for improvement. And that is a very, very poor way to think of things because let's say you have a thyroid issue. So your mom, for example, my mom, for example, if now that they have clean antibodies, they don't have those anymore, where to from now? Does that mean that they can still improve their physical health? They can still improve the way their muscles work, the way their brain works? No, it's an ongoing process. So we're constantly moving through time. That's the one universal that we have. And yeah, it does seem like time is moving faster. Uh, and technically speaking, we're living longer, but it doesn't really feel like it because quality of life is down and 
it's it's really sad to see, but it's those individuals that become open to it. And that's why one of the harsh lessons I learned, I used to be extremely hard on myself. I wanted to learn every single book, uh, or read every single book, learn every single type of avenue to healing. But at the end of the day, you can't do all that. You, there's just not enough time for it. So you have to really break it down into that kind of core things that you could do, the, the foundations that allow you to be a better practitioner. And being hard on yourself always isn't the answer. You, you have to be critical. You have to ha hold yourself to higher standards, but you want to make sure it's in harmony with everything. So you could do more in, in 10 years of your life if you have a purpose than you can in 80 years of no purpose, right? So there's, there's this big kind of disconnect going on. And one of the, again, one of the main things I've really learned is don't try to change people's minds. You're trying to find the people who are looking for you. So you save a lot of energy that way. And once I came to that realization, the patients I see, there's not, I could honestly say on my books, there's not a single, not even one patient that I see on my books and I go, oh man, so-and-so is coming in today. Like that just doesn't happen to me anymore. Mm. And that's because they're already on our wavelength. They're already following what we follow. They, they believe in what we believe and they see results. So we have a living proof community and it's, absolutely amazing to see the interaction between the community we have living proof events where the community comes together and it's just like you said magical to see mm -hmm. yeah so you're you're really looking for individuals that are on your wavelength you're not trying to convince anyone and that's what i love about functional medicine there's really no convincing mm -hmm. we, we let the results do the talking but in order to get the results you might have to break some self-limiting beliefs you might have to sh throw away some things that have been weighing you down yeah yeah and beliefs are tricky right because those go in at such a young age right it's all subconscious it just gets in there um regardless of the truth of the situation um which is funny i, I wasn't thinking about this the book you have the book the truth on your on your, your thing there um and that one actually for me was was brought just top of mind recently just because of some relating uh stuff with my girlfriend that's been coming up and uh, it's like, yeah, these things happen and they trigger you to go back to like the wounded child it's described as. Um, and so whether that's in relating with someone intimately or whether that's something about you as a person or, you know, your, your internal value, which then correlates to your, how your health expresses, um, it's so deep, right? It's so, so deep. And so I'm always interested, I'm curious if you've had experience or, or resources you come across that are really you know help get to the root of some of those beliefs so you can like see them shine the light of awareness on them and have them you know transformed no absolutely and one of the things i picked up probably in the last i'd say six to eight months that i've taken very seriously just recently and it's already shown some profound results is starting by almost looking at quantum physics and looking at what we're comprised of, the matter we're comprised of, and slicing it to as far as we can humanly go at this point in time with our current technology. And one of the things with quantum particles is they change based on who's observing them and in what situation they're being observed, which is just absurd to think of. So if you really think about, they call this branch of physics Newtonian physics. It was pretty much old physics. So we're made out of atoms and we have electrons and shells and these electrons can kind of jump through levels, but for the most part, it's just a, a structure. 
now with quantum physics, we found that actually any piece of matter, if you break it down far enough, it's mostly empty space. There's nothing in there. And if you just keep slicing away at these particles and, and you just keep dividing them, keep dividing them, keep dividing them, eventually you're going to end up at a point where they're comprised of of something that we can't explain, right? Whether you want to call it a source energy, whether you want to call it God. But at this point, we're, we're seeing that just observing something and the way you think about something changes its composition. So one great book I, I recently read, I, I'm already forgetting the title, but it's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. You are the placebo? His new one. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the title. I apologize in advance, but it's something like... Um, unbreaking yourself to become something new something or is it breaking the habit of being yourself there it is yes yeah, that's yeah. it there yeah and that book has been absolutely incredible because he teaches you how to do it mm. and those thought patterns like if you really think about it if, if for example with me it's taken me 30 years to develop my beliefs currently i'm not going to undo them with a single meditation i'm not going to undo them with a single self-help workshop i'm not going to do them by uh, undo them by going to a single tony robbins seminar but it's a constant progress. So you have to fall in love with the process, just how it's going to take you a while to make big biceps. It's going to take you a while to break through these self-limiting beliefs. And you have to fall in love with that because if right away you see it as a mountain, you're going to fail. You're already looking at the top of the mountain. You're not really setting checkpoints as you climb that mountain. So one of the core ways uh, to really change those beliefs I found is is visualization, constant affirmations, surrounding yourself by people who hold you accountable when you tell them you're gonna do something. And it's been absolutely mind-blowing. Just even learning how to meditate, the different ways to meditate, the different ways to almost access the subconscious without actually accessing the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And a few of like other resources I found, Sean Croxton has been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. His podcast, Quote of the Day, is amazing. His personal development podcast, The Sessions, is amazing. And basically, he's bringing on the world's best. He's breaking down all this information that's timeless. It's been there for 50, 60, 70 years. Uh, and the answer has been there for 50, 60, 70 years, but we just haven't been listening. So the other big thing I found is constantly surrounding yourself by this this positive information and, and motivation and things like that. So it's, uh, Jim Rohn says it, that motivation is kind of like bathing. We have to do it every day. Mm. So if you just do like a weekend where you're around positive people and you feel super pumped, but then Monday to Friday you're at work with people you don't really like and people who are just Debbie Downers or non-action takers and they're just kind of complacent with what they do, you're going to develop that same habit and you're going to reinforce it. So Eight hours of sitting, 30 minutes in the gym does not mitigate that. 30 years of thinking, 40 years of thinking, 50 years of thinking, a single meditation session is not going to undo that. Mm. So you really need to access these modalities. And for some, it's meditation. For some, it's affirmations, visualizations. For some, it's seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist. It could be seeing someone like a, a personal development coach. There's no real right way to get to the, those core limiting beliefs, but the information is out there. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. But that's that's where I would tell people to start. So if you have an autoimmune condition, if your life is not going the way you want it to, start with your brain. Start with your mind. And everything else will follow. It always does. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And that's a good reminder for me because I've been looking at his work and after hearing his thing on uh, his, his quote on Sean's show like last week or the week before, I was like, this is some good stuff. This is some, some really good stuff because I found that I get to a point where patterns, you know, the same patterns coming up 
It's like, okay, Brian, you got to change something here because clearly, you know, something's not aligned, right? Otherwise, I would be getting the results that I wished, um, that I wished to be getting in a sense. Um, so that's a good one. I'm going to get that on Audible yeah. right after we're done here. Um, Those are some powerful words. Alignment, synchronicity. Mm. Yeah, so when you put all your thoughts into the same pattern where you're looking for the same objective, when everything in your life reflects that, you're going to get the result. So many individuals, their goal might be to, let's say, make a million dollars. But then when you really break down their lifestyle and the things they're doing, there's no alignment or synchronicity with them getting a million dollars. They might be going to the club every weekend getting hammered. They might be uh, screwing people over for money. They might be doing these patterns, spending more than they have. And mm. these behaviors pretty much tell your brain that, hey, we're not really getting to a million dollars. That could be one of your kind of verbal goals, but you're not internalizing it. So if your goal is to get healthy, align yourself with people that get healthy. If your friends all smoke and they stand outside on their lunch break and are smoking cigarettes and eating a donut or something like that, maybe that's something that's not a good environment for you to be in. Mm -hmm. uh, so make sure there's alignment, there's synchronicity. If you're trying to get healthier, maybe having things that remind you of health in your environment is one of the most important things you could do. You could put things like crystals in your environment. You could put things that show you the kind of amazing world around you. You mm. could put pictures of maybe your favorite vacation spot, but something that reminds you of something you're reaching towards. And you have to have a constant reminders. And that's why the number one thing is community. Number one is community, community above all else. So one of the things that I'm pretty passionate about reading about is the blue zones in the world. So where people live to be over 100, all the centurions, and the most well-studied is the Okinawans. Mm. And if you really look into the Okinawan diet, it's last I read, it was 70% carbohydrates. And to everybody in the paleo space, they're probably like, dude, what the hell? How mm -hmm. are these guys living to 100, right? That doesn't make yeah. sense. But the big thing with them that every researcher has found is the community is so strong. The sense of community is absolutely massive. So they do everything together. They grow up together. They have kids at the same time so they can grow up together. And it's just such a tight-knit group. And today, what do we do? Most of us go to jobs where our only interaction is with either customers or clients. We're in a cubicle all day. We don't really have a sense of community. We don't play with the community either. We don't go out and throw a ball around or just go run through the woods or something like that. Mm -hmm. So community is, is a big part that's missing. And that's what we're trying to do at Living Proof. We don't consider ourselves just a functional medicine practice. We're trying to create a community of, of like-minded individuals that hold each other accountable, that allow each other to be the best version of themselves. And have these outlets, have these resources available to them. So healing is just not, again, supplements and diet and things like that. There's way more that goes into it. And mm -hmm. even though functional medicine is kind of an umbrella term and the definition may vary from practitioner to practitioner, the patients that get the best healing are those that do all those extra things, do all the foundational things. And, and they seem like extra just because we're not doing them at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the not sexy stuff. Exactly. Right? The stuff that doesn't sell books yeah. and sell programs. Just cook for yourself. <laughs> yeah, drink water. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be drinking Ciroc vodka all day long, something fancy like that. You, you yeah. just drink water. Like, yeah. You don't have to drink be drinking water. Drink water, you know, go to bed on time. 
have good re- relationships, you know, get some nature exposure, like such simple stuff. Yeah. But the way our lives are constructed, you have to really go out of your way to bring that back in, right? It's almost like a full-time job. That's how I felt when I first started cooking for myself and spending time in nature and, you know, all these different things. It's like, shit, man, like, this is a lot of work, right? Yeah, go work out after work. I'm already tired. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to go to the gym now. So it's it's one of those things that you have to prioritize certain areas. The other thing is we do too many things that don't serve us, and that's big too. So just... Look at the stats. We watch way too much TV. And by we, I'm just generalizing here, but we spend too much time doing meaningless stuff. And, and by meaningless, again, I mean stuff that won't take you anywhere near your goal. So spending lots of time on Instagram, spending time just going through our Facebook feed for no reason, uh, not seeing friends. <laughs> That's mm. absolutely massive. So these choices we make to just stay in and watch Netflix sometimes can be very, very costly for us in the long run. And I'm not saying it's not okay to do any of that. I check Facebook. I'm on Facebook most of the day. Um, I watch Netflix things occasionally and it's finding time to do the other things. So when somebody tells me they don't have time, if they really wrote down all the things they do in their life, more than likely they have time. Mm -hmm. They have time to do one or two things, which will get them healthier. And Mm -hmm. then it snowballs from there. Yeah. You build momentum. Yeah. You make the time. Exactly. Right, we prioritize um, because if if it's important enough, you'll make it happen. Absolutely, right. It's just sort of the sad thing about uh, about the human condition is that we often don't make it important enough until it's like screaming at us and it's, we're in pain and suffering, or we someone tells us, you know, you're going to die in a year if you don't <laughs> if you don't change things, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Pain um, and pleasure; those are our two biggest motivating sources or factors, and it's usually pleasure number one. So if we could get pleasure, instant gratification, we're going to do it. But then if the pain gets great enough, that's when we're usually forced to, to take action. Sometimes it might be too little, too late, and you never want to get to that point. So taking action ahead of time and having the right things in place, having the right people in place, the right knowledge in place to go and, and do the thing you need to do, the thing you know you should be doing. So that's the other problem. People know they should be. I should be going for a walk today. I should be mindfully mm. eating. I shouldn't be eating this meal while driving through traffic because I have to make my next meeting. Maybe I should pull over, take a few deep breaths, actually chew my food. We don't do it, right? So mm-hmm. no, it's it's absolutely massive to just do the basics, do the foundations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and what, so what someone said in, uh, in I think actually a couple of podcasts back with, with Sun, right? Talking about the revolutionary nature of self-care. Right, and just think about that. If you start seeing people pulling over and eating, and that becomes like a normal thing, it's like this is the pullover and chill lane or something, right? Um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And I wouldn't be surprised. And you see it, you know, in our circle, we see because all the quote unquote weird stuff we do, yeah, we all do, and it's just normal, right? It's like it's normal to, <laughs> to be in a squat instead of sitting in a chair. It's normal to you know do some calisthenics just for the sake of doing it. Um, and to have blue blockers and drinking <laughs> green mixtures of things. Um, and so it's, it's, and I love that it's becoming more mainstream, right? Yeah. Slowly, slowly it's becoming more mainstream, um, to where like, you know, being healthy is really cool, yeah. right? Which is an awesome trend to see. Um, cause I don't necessarily care if someone's, if someone's motivation is for vanity or for social reasons, how really, as long as they're doing the thing, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Right at the end of the day. Um, I did want to 
quickly just touch on your experience. You recently did a liver gallbladder flush. Oh, yeah. Um, powerful, powerful procedure that one can be. Um, and just quickly, you know, sort of why someone might consider doing it and sort of what you could expect. No, absolutely. So like I mentioned at the start here, I'm a work in progress. So I like to explore my options and go through these things so I could recommend them to patients. And the liver gallbladder flush was an interesting one. That was one many patients have told me they've had amazing results, but me kind of being a science rat, I really couldn't find a journal article on it. I really couldn't find any type of research on it that wasn't that was peer-reviewed it was mostly anecdotal evidence just from hearing it from patients so the other thing i didn't hear was somebody dying from doing this so i'm like you know what being a biohacker let's do it <laughs> let's give it a go so me and my own mother and another team member angelito we all went through this gallbladder cleanse together in the last week of december and it was actually quite mind-blowing it was quite pleasant and I've noticed some big, big improvements. So kind of the society we, we grew up in and the culture we grew up in, like you mentioned, being healthy, yes, it is cool. But at the same time, it's only becoming cool because we're constantly surrounding ourselves with individuals that already think that way. Now, when you go out with, let's say, friends that you might have from high school that don't necessarily think on the same wavelength you do, you're usually the outcast or the minority in that case, right? Mm. So they're drinking beer, they're eating too much more than they should and usually processed foods and things like that but these same processed foods really back up our gallbladder they really back up our liver and mm. these are two essentially organs the liver is where bile is made the gallbladder is where it's stored and these things help emulsify fat but they also help you dump out toxins a lot of our toxins are fat soluble but just growing up on a standard american diet uh, with all of our environmental toxins our environment is just polluted beyond measure right now. Mm -hmm. Your gallbladder and liver eventually get backed up. And this is one thing that you might have many symptoms of. Some of the basics are just digestive issues. You might not be able to digest fats. Uh, one of the common ones is fried foods and then even healthy fats. Many individuals can't handle lots of oil or anything like that. Uh, and these are early warning signs that, hey, you might have a little congestion going on. And one thing for me personally, anytime I ever took gallbladder support, I felt better. Anytime mm. I ever took something like a bile salt, I felt like I digested my food better. So I'm like, let's give it a go. So I did this cleanse. It's a very basic cleanse. And at the end of the day, it probably costs less than 20 bucks to get all the materials that you need for the cleanse. And mm. that might be kind of the reason there's no research study on it. There's really no money to be made from it. Yeah. Uh, but again, me, my mom, and a team member went through it. I ended up passing about 200 green stones. My mom, 400 stones. And hers were, some of them were monstrous. She mentioned one was like a golf ball with a golf ball growing out of it. And uh, another team member, he passed 100 stones. So we all had pretty remarkable results and right off, probably the next day, I noticed I had better energy, better mental clarity. Um, I was digesting fats better. So one of my tests was almond butter. I never really did well with almond butter and I've ate it a few times now and it's given me no problem. Mm. So is it placebo? Is it not? I, I don't think so. Like I, I've gotten some pretty tangible results and I'll be doing my next one next month. And actually it'll be a nice little shout out here by the time our listeners are listening to this, we're actually going to be launching a liver gallbladder group on Facebook. Mm. So you can do it with the Living Proof community, just similar to how we did our Living Proof Fast. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Angelito are going to be recording a short video, which should be up any day now. Uh, and we are going to be inviting everyone to do it in a safe, controlled environment. And 
whoever wants to go ahead with it will give them the tools they need wonderful yeah. i love it i love it and that's what makes all of this it's the community aspect again right because if you're doing on your own it's not that fun right it's not nearly as engaging you don't have that accountability you don't have that support um because i've never seen so many people jump on a fast yeah until this went down <laughs> right and it was fantastic it's so wonderful to see so i'll be i'm going to be in that next one for sure yeah, we got so much great support from, we love all of our patients and the entire community who joined in on our fast. Like, it's unbelievable, like you said, to see so many people jump in on a fast. Like, you maybe a pizza party would bring more people, but to not eat, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, I think last I checked, there's 1,400 members in the group. So it's absolutely amazing to see the level of support and everybody's supporting each other. So they're sharing their goals, they're sharing their wins. Mm. And that's what community is, right? So if you're doing something like that on your own, you might not get through it because you don't have somebody to kind of show you that you can do it. You don't have an accountability partner. So yeah, with the liver gallbladder clients, I'm sure it could save um, or save might be an over term, but uh, it could definitely change a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And like we said, I, I did one last year and just a warning, don't use ozonated oil on yourself <laughs> or do so under supervision. Um, I had heard from somebody, it sounded like a really good protocol because the idea was you follow the same diet, very light, clean eating. And then what he did was hooked himself up to a whole body zapper, essentially, um, that passes a certain current through the body to kill parasites, bacteria, fungus, whatever. And also the theory was that it would drive those things into the gut because the gut is outside of the body, right? So they can escape the mm -hmm. deadly um, zapping. And then while they're in the gut, you drink this ozonated oil, right? So it all makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was not pretty. I had the most insane headache <laughs> for like a day and a half and I never get headaches and it would not go away. I did a coffee enema. I had some cannabis. It would not oh, wow. go away. I had essential oils all over. It was it was not good. So, be warned. Don't don't do what I did. Stick to the basics that they're they're gonna lay out. And um, yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah, for Total sure. Game changer. And it's one of those things again that even though there's no research on, there's more than enough case studies on it. And the gentleman who came up with it, I know he passed away a few years ago. Uh, Andreas Moritz. He was. Um, German, I believe, researcher that found this, and he had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And from his story, he claims to have healed his rheumatoid arthritis using a set of these cleanses. And it's absolutely fascinating. Like the book is called "The Amazing Liver Gallbladder Cleanse." I'm, I'm, I think so. It's on Amazon. You could pick it up and give it a read through. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's one of those things. It's a very low cost, high reward. Mm -hmm. And again, just make sure there's no liver issues going on. Make sure to talk it over with a practitioner to make sure you're a right candidate for something like that. But I haven't really heard of anybody ever hurting themselves. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And then another thing that I love to get from people is a top three resources or documentaries, books, courses, experiences that have just been really impactful in your life. And I know we've covered a lot already, but um, I'd love to hear what those are for you. Oh, that's, that's always a big question, just with the amount I read and the amount I watch. Um, it could be from just last year or the last yeah, five years or something, but... 
I have to give it to, to certain books that have really changed the way I think and the way I pretty much think about how the world works. Um, one of the early ones that I read, probably, it's been a while now, probably seven or eight years ago, was Dr. Wayne Dyer, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Mm. That, was, that was one of the biggest uh, breakthroughs I've ever had because I was never really aware of this side of how the world works and just how much your thoughts actually made a difference. The, just the ability to kind of change the way things happen to you. And I started noticing it like pretty quickly, just implementing some of the things he talked about. And the most important part there is I took an inventory of my thoughts. And many people don't mm-hmm. take time to do that. And I realized how negative they truly are. So I would say that it was maybe 10% positive, 90% negative. And we think tens of thousands of thoughts a day and they found with uh, some newer studies as well that a negative thought can produce the same level of inflammation in the body as something inflammatory like gluten. Mm. So it's absolutely crazy to think how powerful your thoughts are. Um, another resource that I've recently really, really enjoyed, um, it's actually sitting here in front of us here is my Muse meditation headset. Mm. That's a big one for me because I always had difficulty committing to meditation. I would kind of start meditation i would try guided meditation just sitting there and quiet i've tried a holosync binaural beats these things kept me compliant but at the same time i had no feedback i didn't know if i was truly meditating if i was really getting the benefit of it so the muse meditation headset is basically your own personalized biofeedback tool it reads your brain waves and tells you are you in a meditative state or are you still wandering around and it's actually mm. pretty fun to do as well mm. and they're on sale all over the place always i definitely consider picking one up if you've had difficulty meditating before mm. it's changed my life i've gotten my family members doing it as well they all think it's pretty cool and that just keeps us going it keeps us compliant Nice. So that was also a big, big resource for me. Number three, let me see here. So there's a book. I, I would give it to podcasts. So I would give it to, like, for example, just surrounding yourself by, with people that you are constantly picked up by, constantly motivated by. And you don't have to know this person. Like, use the internet to your advantage. We have podcasts now. So Brian Hardy's podcast, number one podcast right now, right? <laughs> uh, Sean Croxton's podcast, amazing podcast. So listen to these personal development podcasts and you're constantly going to be reminded of things you can do to make yourself that 1% better every day. And that completely changed the game for me because I have a bit of a commute to work in the mornings and even when I went to school, I went to school in the States and I would drive home every weekend. Just having podcasts changed my life completely because you were able to use that time efficiently. You weren't just listening to music and there's a time and place for that but you could use it productively mm-hmm. and that audiobooks kind of falls in with podcasts as well when i drive i'm usually listening to something i'm taking in some form of knowledge and even if you just pick up one thing that one thing could be the most valuable thing you picked up in the last month mm-hmm. yeah. i'm right there with you i'm right there with you such a game changer and just like free access to brilliant minds exactly right that you you get to literally it's like you're hanging out chatting with these people that um yeah that you would otherwise either have to go to a conference or go you know pay them to be consultants for um so it's the best that's why i do it really um is to hope to you know pay it forward in a sense um and just contribute something right um because i don't know how many people are necessarily listening but when people reach out and they're like oh man like i heard this thing and it's really helpful 
that makes the difference, right? That's what makes it all worthwhile. So I'm right there with you. And the last question, probably the last, is when you hear the term redefining reality, what comes up? Redefining reality. A lot comes up. So I've, I've kind of been uncovering how my reality influences me and what I think reality actually is. And again, going back to that quantum physics explanation, if I didn't know all that information, I would just go on thinking that, hey, this is us. Our material bodies are us. The material possessions in your environment define you. And when you think about redefining that, it's really educating yourself that, hey, there's something bigger here. There's a reason we are put here. So there's a reason that you are hosting this podcast. There's a reason that I am a guest on this podcast. There's a reason that somebody may tune in who otherwise didn't even know either of us before and take home something that they can use. And it's just this bigger picture. And a lot of individuals don't realize that, that there is a bigger picture, right? We get so stuck up on the details and our reality might be that we work 60 hours a week and we commute another 20 hours a week and we barely make ends meet and we barely make it in time to eat dinner with the family and we're never there for them. But if that's all it is and you do that for 30, 40, 50 years, there's going to be a day that comes and be like, wow, I completely missed the ball. I completely missed my purpose here. So just redefining and recreating your reality, it's, it's done through constant, almost bombardment with this information and just finding things out for yourself, trialing, erring things, and making sure that you're growing. Mm. So really not just getting caught in the materialism movement. And I know now it's minimalism has taken over and it's really helping uh, individuals kind of let go of their material possessions and see what life's really about. I know I've had the blessing to share a trip with you in the last little bit and it was one of the best trips I've ever taken in my entire life and it was because we were surrounded by individuals. There's really nothing material about that trip. We didn't go shopping. We, we <laughs> didn't go there to see a show or something like that. We, we went there to just take in the, the sights, the sounds and, and be with people who are on the same wavelength as us. And mm -hmm. It really changed me. Those, those trips really did change me. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I think the West Coast and California is, is bound to do that. Oh, yeah. Right? Somebody give me a green card. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, the long-term vision. Living proof, you know, Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it for sure. Um, thank you, man. I just want to take a minute and just thank you and acknowledge you. And I mean, for the work you do and the, the knowledge you've amassed and the experience that you share with your clients and friends and this community... Um, you're making a huge difference, right? And so I just appreciate, you know, your time and to, to be able to call you a friend. Um, it's great. So thanks, man. No, thank you so much. That, that means the world to me. And, and likewise to you, like, thank you so much for having the courage to start this podcast and doing all the work it takes to run this podcast and interview these guests and bring this accumulation of knowledge from all these amazing and beautiful people to the masses, essentially. And I'm, it's a pleasure to call you a friend as well, and I'm glad we were able to share some memories over the last year, and there's many more to come. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Amen, brother. Okay. For all y'all listening, stay beautiful, have an amazing day, and uh, try to apply just one thing. One thing that we chatted about, one thing that's come into your world recently, just pick one thing, stick to it, and see if your life doesn't get better. Okay. This is uh, Dr. Ricky Barr. 
and myself, Brian Hardy, signing off. Until next time, peace and much love. Fresh from the evening, dreaming about all the homies I believe in. I have so much time to think. I got sisters who are mothers and brothers who are fathers to me. Sing me to sleep and let the stars have their wings.